um, so Ben, welcome to Warrior Within. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. It really is. And uh, I probably for guys that, that don't know you, um, and I'm sure there'll be a few of them in Australia, but um, <laughs> let's um, let, let's start from the beginning and maybe just you know who is Ben Bidwell and how did, how did you come to be the, the naked professor? <laughs> um, do you know something? Something's obviously up because when I hear that naked professor now, I feel like I want to. I just want to be Ben. I don't want to be the naked professor. But I'll, I'll tell the story and how I've got got to this point. Um, yeah, I mean, I, this may resonate with a few, but it's, I was a typical typical guy. You know, um, it was girls, money, and parties, and that was that was my life for thirty years. And I was doing all right at it, you know, and, it, and I was ticking a lot of boxes. And I always think back to. Uh, time in my 20s when I had my first flatmate and he said Ben you know you're living the dream you know this is all the stuff and I just remember thinking oh this is living the dream I you know I'd hate to not live the dream because it doesn't feel that dreamy to me uh, and I, I always put it down to just ambition you know I, I, I'm, I was just an ambitious guy I needed more girls I needed more money and I needed more parties so those are my things and I'm just ambitious and those people are happy with less than you know they're just not ambitious like me so, um, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of how I lived. But, and, and to be honest with you, I probably would have cracked on that way. Um, it, although it felt empty, I, society never showed me a different route at that point. Um, the only thing that changed for me, or not changed, but was I had this issue around sex. And um, I'd always struggled to orgasm from the first time I've experienced it um, with a partner at 18. It just, that was how it worked. And I was like, a bit weird. But, and then it just kept happening and happening and happening. And all through my 20s, it was kind of a bit of a laugh. You know, I remember when I was at uni, you know, the lads would kind of talk to me and sort of say, you know, it's a, it's a gift. I've got the opposite problem, you know. And it was, it was quite fun and playful. And um, although obviously frustrating at the same time. Uh, but then when I got to the age of 30, um, it had interrupted a few relationships and I was starting to think, well, I want to have kids one day. So um, I opened my eyes and opened my heart to the possibility of change around that. And at the time I, left, I lived with a professional rugby player and he was having an injury problem that kept him off the field for a long time. And the doctors were saying he should be fit. And the last thing he was, so the last thing he tried was, well, I'll see if I can mentally try and do something around this and he worked with a hypnotherapist and uh with an open heart at that point or an open mind at least i sort of listened to what he was doing with her and started sort of asking a few questions and then um got to the point where i sort of started to think to myself well have i got an injury you know is could she, if she's helping him could she help me and um if my mind wasn't open, I wouldn't have had the inquisition to ask. I would have just, you know, I would have taken the piss. You know, that's what kind of initially, that's where my questioning was a little bit. It was a bit like, you think you're going to sort him out by changing his mindset, you know? And, um, yeah, so that I started working with her and I thought she was going to teach me to become some kind of sex guru. And, um, I couldn't wait for all the new tricks I was going to learn. And, um, the reality is we never talked about sex. We, we, we just talked about, um, mindset and opening up my mind and changing how I thought and introducing me to the concept of vulnerability and connecting with my emotions and all this very unmanly stuff that I'd blocked out for a long time. And uh, I changed pretty quickly. And I remember quite early on in the journey, I remember sending my mum some flowers and telling her I loved her, something I'd never done. You know, never told her I loved her in my previous years. It wasn't, I wasn't, although I did, you know, she's an amazing woman. It wasn't, I wasn't there to share that. And um, I remember that really sort of prickling my ego, that moment. You know, I, I, ah, is this me? I don't think this is me, but something saying I've got to do this. And I remember when I did it and, and she called me up and although it felt uncomfortable, something within me, it was a different feeling of kind of, oh, I've, I've made an impact there. Well, that was, that, I'm glad I did that. And there were these little signs as I was going along that something was changing and I was feeling different feelings, I guess. I was starting to feel and, and, and it was, it was positive. There was something good going on, although it was a challenge. And um, that was really the start of my journey. I just went from there. That was eight years ago. I'm 38 now. And um, pretty quickly, I realized that if I could change, then anyone could change because I was as shut off as anyone. I was as blocked as anyone. So I, I tried to become a coach. And um, three years ago now, only three years ago, um, I started writing about all this stuff because it was my passion. And at the time, although I studied to be a coach, I wasn't practicing it a lot. 
it was kind of a hobby or it was something I was sort of dabbling in, but it wasn't my full-time profession. I was working in the tech company or running a tech company. And there were a few problems in the company and I was reliant on the tech guys and I just thought I need something that I own that's mine, that's my, under my control. So I, I started writing and I started um, thinking I wanted to create something and share this message. And I just knew from working in tech that the internet is a noisy place. And I needed a story and I needed a point of interest and I needed something to set me apart and kind of just looked at everything. I don't know where it came from, but I just thought my message is a very open, vulnerable one. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm shedding my mask. I'm burying my soul. And I'm, I'm showing up fully. There's no, there's no hiding place here with what I'm trying to say. And I just thought of this opportunity to create some imagery that could reflect that. And that was me um, in iconic places in, in London, always back to camera, but without any clothes on and kind of a very creative hopefully kind of artistic way, not, not kind of seedy. And, um, and I put the two together and married my, my images with my, my messages and, I, and it just felt right to call myself the naked professor. You know, I, I was sharing about the stuff, the naked coach didn't seem right. And um, so the naked professor was born and, and three years on, yeah, I just sort of continued to, to write and share about this and open my heart and try and share my truth and um, without fear or judgment or um, embarrassment or shame or, you know, there's no failure on this. I'm just showing up and it's going to go where it goes. And um, it's a beautiful journey. And I, it takes me to have conversations like this with you and, and, and to connect with like-minded people. And I just feel very privileged and fortunate for, for the whole journey. And that's kind of my, 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 big, my big rant to begin with, I guess. Well, yeah. man, it's, it's, it's a beautiful story and, and it's a strong share. So, you know, thank you for, for you know, opening your heart and being so vulnerable because, you know, straight away, you know, we, we're talking about sexuality and, 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 and some of the big topics which often get, you know, brushed under the carpet with particularly with us blokes, you know, not many blokes are going to go down the pub and just talk about, you know, how they can't have an orgasm. So, I mean, do you, can you connect that? issue to a, to a story growing up or some sort of is, is there a direct correlation between that that kind of physical outcome and in terms of what was going on with your story i don't think it was a specific event i don't think that, you know there was no trauma or specific trauma um but i think when i look at the way i, I grew up and, what, and the experiences i had i was the youngest of three boys and um sitting around the dinner table you know i felt like my voice wasn't really a value Mm. Um, my brothers were six and eight years older whatever I was up to they'd already achieved it they were doing more important bigger things and um, I, I just didn't feel of much value and um, at the same time when I was growing up I was looking around to society and I was seeing you know Arnie as Terminator and Sylvester Stallone as Rocky and you know Rambo and kind of these were the pillars of masculinity these were the, the ultimate men and um, combined with that my mum was a nurse and she's very kind and sensitive and loving woman and I definitely had that in me and um, I loved that in her but what I saw and what I felt was that there was no place for this that was not my path as a man and with that feeling of sort of lack of self-worth and, and um, low value I, I began to put on a mask and I blocked out all feelings and I tried to be a man that I thought society wanted me to be and I blocked out my truth and um, I stopped feeling and um, that was who I was at, 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 as a teenager and I, I really lacked any kind of validation myself so I really went seeking it hard from everyone else and um, I have no shame saying that you know it feels like it's quite a negative thing to share and but it was all part of my journey and I just I was doing what I was doing and, and then it didn't feel wrong at the time it felt completely normal and, and, you know, I had no awareness around it. But looking back, and it wasn't until in my 30s that I added up any of this stuff. I had no idea. And I didn't feel low value or I didn't realise I felt low value at the time. I didn't realise I was blocking my, out my emotions. I didn't, you know, all, I just thought I was being who I was. But at the reality is I was acting out of my conditioning. I was acting out of the experiences that I'd had as a, as a child that put, led me to put masks on, led me to, to try and protect myself. From, from the pain of feeling low, low value and, and the pain of feeling uh, rejected because I had emotions or sensitive, sensitivity inside of me. And uh, I was becoming someone that I wasn't. And now back into my 30s, I'm returning back to my truth, who I really am. And that's not for everyone, but it's for me. And um, that's what counts. Yeah, man, absolutely. I, I think a lot of guys are going to resonate with this idea of, of 
that kind of conditioning in terms of how the boy becomes a man with, you know, getting told to sort of harden up. And, um, you know, I was reading recently, someone said the three most destructive words you can say to a boy is be a man, because the idea of manhood is, is the one that you've just beautifully outlaid. And, but what I find interesting though, is that the physical outcome of that story in your head is, was the, was, I guess, you know, the sexual, I'm going to call it dysfunction, but whatever, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. Um, whereas with other people, it's behavioral, it's all sorts of things, but it's interesting that it translated to that. And I'm thinking to myself, if, if, if the message to you as a young boy was don't be vulnerable, put on all these masks and stuff like that moment of orgasm with another person is such a surrender. It's like the ultimate moment of being the most vulnerable you can possibly be. So it's interesting that that's the thing that you switched off. Totally. And you're exactly right. I guess I didn't really finish that story because yeah, you know, when you add all that stuff up, you know, you stop feeling when you are feelings are natural. An orgasm is a, is a, is a feeling of ecstasy really, isn't it? It's the ultimate feeling and uh you can't choose what you feel you know you can't go and blocking out any shit feelings or any 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 negativity and i'm just going to feel the lovely great things that's not how emotions work you're connected to them and you feel the full spectrum or you don't feel or you know or you might feel a little bit of all of them you know whatever but um i felt none and um uh so it kind of naturally shows up yeah. but that, that's my experience and yeah you're totally right it can manifest in all sorts of ways and for lots of people it can be very different experience. I mean, I'm, I'm probably in the minority of how it showed up for me. Um, but I do believe our body talks to us. And for me, that's how my body responded. And, and I'm grateful because if it didn't, I would have continued on this unfulfilling path that I thought was, was the, the, the route to success. Yeah. And I'm glad you talked about gratitude there because your body has given you like a very clear message with other guys. It's really subtle and you've got to almost sit still to hear it but that one's like you know that's pretty cut and dried it's like this going on, brother. Um, um you know it's not not a knock <laughs> no it's not it's pretty obvious <laughs> yeah well done for um i mean you know not only um heeding the call but then sort of turning it into your life's purpose in a way that's pretty awesome oh thank you yeah well um you know, I would have had no idea that this was my purpose um, at all. I would have, it, it would have been very foreign. And I still, you know, think back to how I would have communicated with myself in my 20s and, and, and you know, two very different people. Um, still some similarities for sure, but I would have had no idea that this was the route I would have gone on. But I think I work as a purpose coach to try and help people with their purpose. And I think, you know, our purpose exists in stripping ourselves back of all the stories we told ourselves. And actually really going back into who we are. And when we start really being who we are and following our path to things that really interest us or really where we, who we want to be and really showing up as ourselves, like, you know, that raw naked self, if you like, then your purpose will uncover itself from there. But all the time we've got our masks on and we're pretending to be something that perhaps doesn't really deeply, authentically fit us. You're struggling to, to reach your purpose because I guess we're getting into the law of attraction, but you're, you're never following the, the, the little signs, the little signals, the little authentic creative opportunities that are there. If you're not tuned in, you're not letting that, that come shine through. Um, so yeah, my, I, in, in stripping myself of all the, all the stories, all the conditioning from my past, my, my purpose began to shine through. And, and yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm totally on purpose now. I feel very, very fortunate that this is every, every day I get to do things like this and show up in, in my authentic space. It's, it's very fortunate. And it must be similar for you in that respect. Yeah, look, it is. Like I often say that, you know, your ultimate purpose is really just becoming yourself. Like that, that's the goal and you've just got to figure that out. And, and I guess in a sense, because yourself is always changing and evolving. So your purpose kind of follows that. Um, Absolutely. So, which, Absolutely. Is why, which is why it's a lifelong journey, you know? Um, so I think that's that idea. But I think a lot of guys that I, um, that, that, that I work with and talk to oftentimes struggle with, with finding their purpose. So I think it's interesting in, in, in that you're actually a purpose coach, but I think what guys want is they want to know, like exactly what their purpose is and and my my um my sort of feedback to that is purpose is almost like a river you know and i'm sure you this will resonate with you and you just got to get in the river and 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 as you keep flowing down the river i guess you know you'll get it'll you know it'll it'll narrow 
and, and your purpose and your focus will become almost laser-like. And by that time, you've got this whole body of water, which is, imagine the power of it if you, if you keep on thinning it down. And then when you're on your purpose, you're almost unstoppable. So um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good analogy. That, is that, yeah, it resonates with you too, yeah. Absolutely. Or what I'd say is that within that river, there'll be some pretty big boulders that you smash into along the way that yeah. people will be going, you know, don't get in that river and don't, you know, there's big boulders in there. Avoid that. You know, it's much safer just to walk along the path. Yeah. You know, that's clear. So do that. But um, because, yeah, you're, you're, you're really exposing yourself to judgment if you're really going to authentically step into your truth, because we are all unique, you know, and we're, we're taught the way I see it is that our ego tries to get us to conform. You know, our ego wants that security of being part of a tribe, do what everyone else is doing. Mm. But that's a very different message to you know, what I call our heart or our soul, you know, that, that inner energy of unique personality within, inside of us or that unique energy more like and um when we do that stuff that's truly ourselves then people are going to look at you and and it's suddenly you're doing some different stuff and it's unfamiliar to them and uh, you know when i when i started my blog you know it's a prime example uh huge amount of possible judgment you know um and i think there still is and you know some of my friends said i was having a breakdown when i started it and started writing all this stuff you know um and that's okay and, and it, as I say, it's not a breakdown, it's a breakthrough. This is self-expression, this is truth coming through. It's, it's no longer hiding. Mm. And yeah, that's, that's, this is exactly where your purpose comes alive, but it's not easy because we do live in a society that says, hey, be the same, you know, yeah. get the good job, you know, get the money, get the house, get the wife, mm. and uh, bingo, you, you, you're off. And, yeah, um, you can really see that playing out right now in the, in the situation that we're in at the moment. It's... Um, it's amazing how quickly people will just sort of do what they're told and, you know, the social distancing them. I'm not, not that you shouldn't be doing that, but it's just interesting for me to note how everyone just says, oh, all right, that's what everyone's doing, so we'll do it. It's like there's very few questions asked and, I, you know, I'm always one for questioning everything, you know. Um, yeah, I, I understand. That's, that's, that's probably a, a conversation for another time. I'd love to know some of the questions that you're asking. Cause, yeah, 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 well, um, a, a lot. Yeah, it's like over my, <laughs> which is, you know, remarkably similar to yours, I guess, too, in terms of living that corporate life, um, maybe for a little bit longer. I, it took me till I was, um, well, you know, probably nearly 10 years later um, before I had my sort of wake up call um, and, and changed my life around. But I feel like, you know, it's, it's a journey for most guys. You sort of reach a certain point where, you know, something happens, like, you know, your wife leaves you or, or there's, a, there's a chronic illness or some other issue and you have to actually turn inward and, and look at yourself and all of a sudden, um, things actually have to fall apart before they come back together again. Yeah, I always go back to, you know, Tony Robbins, this change only happens when the, the pain of staying the same uh, outweighs the pain of change. Yeah, I love um, them. yeah. Because it's true, isn't it? The, 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 the change is hard. You know, you, you are, as I say, you're going to be judged. Mm. And uh, our ego, that voice in our head is going to say, don't do it, stay, you know, keep doing what you're doing. That's, that's kept you alive so far. You know, keep mm. being that person, that's okay. I know it might be a bit empty, but whatever, you're alive. That's all I'm after. And, um, and then, so it's hard to step into that space. And it often for a lot of people, like you say to me, they, they, they're only prepared to go through that when actually it hurts so much where they are. Mm. It's kind of like, screw it. You know, I've, I've, it's, this, this, is a, this is not a fun place. So let's try change because it can't get much worse. And um, that's that's a shame, but it's I'm sure you you know everyone's got a story when in this space because mm. it's it's rare that people go oh life's so perfect I'm going to look for some change. Well, the, know, the, yeah, exactly. I mean, the sad thing is that with a lot of men though that you know they reach that point where you, you say quite beautifully you know the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change. But for a lot of guys, you know, we look at suicide rates in our country that actually prefer to you know end their life than change. You know, it seems like that's that's the fix for a lot of guys um so to me that just shows just how much resistance there is to want to change it's like you you know perhaps there's a a, a solution you turn to first which is something that we need to work with guys to actually kind of you know our big mission with warrior within is to actually do something about that suicide rate because it's it's six men a day in australia i don't know what it is in the uk but it's 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 critical right now that we address that and particularly, you know, with what's happened with coronavirus and stuff, I mean, I'm not sure in the UK, but in Australia, we're just seeing mental health issues, particularly amongst men just skyrocketing, you know, they're having that, those masculine elements, which we talked about earlier, like your job and your security and your ability to provide for your family all being taken away from them. 
um, you know, alcohol sales are going up through the roof and all these other things. And it kind of feels like a perfect storm right now for um, just an explosion in mental health issues, particularly in men. I totally hear you. And it's, it's, it's almost like our identity stripped, isn't it? When you can't do all the things that, that you were, that was your identity. It was, the, you know, the, the, the places you went and the trips you go on and the money you earn and the cars you drive and the house you've got and, you know, all this stuff that suddenly doesn't matter. No one's mm-hmm. seeing any of it. It's not relevant. You can't go anywhere. All the external opportunities are, are done. It's everything is within really. Mm-hmm. And um, you can make your life look as shiny as you want, but if you don't love yourself internally, it's, it's hard. And, um, you know, on, on the suicide rates, I, you know, I hear you and I think it's, it's unfortunately testimony to the, to the society that we live in that, you know, for men, it's, it's, we would rather take our lives than, than own the fact that there are challenges and try and, 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 uh, I mean, that it's, it's a tough thing to say, but it's, if we can change that perception that it's okay to have challenges, to not be perfect, that we are making mistakes, that it is, that we're not perhaps in the best place. Then rather than ending our lives, perhaps we can have this this more open society of actually being able to talk about it and, and, and realise that we're not on our own with that. And um, clearly with, with suicides as they are, people, men don't feel that. They, they, they feel like the, the better option is to run. Yeah. I think, I, I do think that's caught up in, in the, the, the society's perception of telling us that it's weak as men to have any kind of problem. And we subconsciously grow up thinking that, you know, we should be the strong ones and um, we can't bear to show any weakness. And it's, um, well, you know, it, it couldn't be more damaging. No, I, I agree. And that's what I love about, you know, your stuff, your blog posts and stuff you're doing on social media, because it's like super, super vulnerable. Like I've just been following your story about how you're feeling around the isolation and, you know, some men could look at that and say, you know, well, oh, that's just, that's just weak. But to me, you know, it speaks, it's just, it, it's come, it comes from the heart, you know, um, and it's what a lot of men are feeling. You, you've just got the courage to say it. And um, so I guess my, my one question is, how are you doing, bro? <laughs> you're right with it all. You know, you were talking about the and things are getting you down and um, you're doing all right? Yeah, do you know what? I, I really am. You know, I, I share that and it's true. You know, I, I feel quite very uncreative at the moment, very uninspired, it's particularly around socials. It's hard to, you know, you, well, nothing's going on, really. I'm, I'm trying to write a book. So that's kind of my life. There's not much to share. And I feel pretty uncreative. I literally, you know, I'm going living room to bedroom. And um, I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. Um, and I'm fortunate. I really am very fortunate, particularly compared to many. But um, but yeah, I, I, I feel pretty kind of uninspired, not uninspired, but uncreative and just a bit flat. Now, um, one of the, the, the challenges, it's really interesting you raised what you did, and I really appreciate the way you, you, you shared that because often, you know, when I'm, when I'm sharing this stuff, um, people come and they try and fix me and they go, oh my God, I'm so sorry you're feeling this way and um, it's awful, I hope you feel better soon. And it's like, I, I, you know, I, I don't need any fixing. And I'm not after solutions. It's pretty natural, actually, right now that there's going to be times when I feel a bit stuck and I'm creative. You know, I've had this is into my sixth week. So this is almost completed my sixth week of barely leaving the flat. And I combine that with a very bad hay fever. So the summer's just coming in, in, in England. So I had the window shut and the door shut and barely even, you know, ventured outside. So it doesn't, none of that is defining me. I'm not, this is not who I am. It's just what I'm feeling in this moment. And in recognizing that and, and being okay to share that, it's like, well, and what? You know, I'm, I'm, that, that just sharing that is, is creating space and being real, mm. um, allowing connection, allowing people to see me. And, um, you know, tomorrow I may feel super creative. I might, something might change. In fact, in writing the, the, the words that I did, I already felt more creative. You know, I already felt more inspired. So it... It's it, um, we have such a perception of, of emotions that they're all consuming, and it's if you're not feeling so great, oh, this is how can you not feel great? This is, I feel so sorry for you, you know, please, we need to get you back better as soon as possible. Everyone has bad days, it's natural, it's human, it's the human existence, it's okay, it's real, and I'm not drowning in, in these emotions, I'm just they're present, and, and I'm, I'm happy to connect with them and, and, and be real, but it's okay. 
you know, to, to, do you know what I mean? A hundred, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, I think, um, yeah, everybody wants you to be up all the time, but I think, I think in this society, um, the going up the, you know, what I call the ascent is kind of what, what society's modeled on. Like success is up there, you know, everything is up there and, and, and the whole thing is geared towards going up, up, up and like peak experiences. And if anybody descends, that's bad. And we have to stop the fall and whatever I can do, you know, it's like, but actually in the descent, there's so much gold, you know, it's like, that's when you really learn about yourself, you know, in the, in the pain, in the, in the, in the underground, I like to call it. So sometimes actually, you know, spending six weeks stuck in your flat, um, um, you know, with the hay fever and the dot, you might actually uncover a piece of yourself that you would never have seen like some truth. If you'd just been out in the world, you know, being Ben and being all up all the time. So I, I actually think I, sometimes when I'm in those places, I think to myself, okay, good. This is good. Something's going to happen. And um, I, 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 you know, there's our, our indigenous culture here. There's so much wisdom in there, but you know, the, 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 the elders, they talk about this idea of kind of time, time spent under the earth and, and four days deep, five days deep, they talk about, you know, and it's like, and, and I remember an elder once saying, you know, don't tell anyone, but we kind of like it down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. I kind of understood what he meant. There's sort of this familiarity um, and, and this idea that, you know, that's how diamonds are made, under pressure, under the ground. Yeah. It's almost, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not actually the emotion itself that's the problem. It's our perception of the emotion. It's like, oh, I'm feeling sad. Oh, this is so awful. I shouldn't feel sad. Society is going to judge me feeling sad I must be you know and then we put the mask on then we lose our authenticity mm. you know we're constantly trying to paper crack over everything by doing everything to stop us being sad mm. and it's actually not well what, I'm feeling sad what you know let's check in perhaps where's that what's that about where's it come from mm. um being okay with it um does it does is it showing us showing up for a reason is it showing us a different path um uh, like all of this has got a bit of a bad rep people go you know you're overthinking stuff you know god just chill out dude you know and mm. it's like this is I'm, I'm pretty chill but this is important work you know mm. i'm not overthinking it i'm just feeling into what's going on in my body yeah um, yeah it's healthy it's, it's very healthy you know um in, in in the warrior within we do a lot of work with mythology and and people like robert Bly. you know he talks about um, ashes work this idea that you actually have to kind of clean the fireplace out before you get to go to the ball and um, I think this is what we're talking about here this territory and I believe you know our subconscious like we, we, I don't know how it works in the UK but if someone says how are you going you know like most men just say oh I'm great and they don't even think about how they're actually feeling and I guarantee that probably more than 50% of the time if they actually stopped and said what's true for me in my heart right now they'd probably be like i'm actually feeling shit <laughs> but but say i'm good right? of course because if you imagine for the majority of men it's, it's like, how are you and they go i'm, I'm feeling shit mm. you know the person on the end of it is like whoa you know it's like don't tell me that you know i didn't actually want to know that stuff like just tell me everything's fine and we can talk about the football or whatever it is <laughs> yeah you know like you know we need to start brokering these conversations that go a bit a bit beneath the surface, you know, because it's like, um, yeah, you're right, because it takes the listener to engage in that as well. So, you know, the man, it's, if he's, if he's going to say, you know, things aren't right and I'm concerned my wife's going to leave me or something like that, he needs to know that his, his, the person he's talking to is going to be able to, to, to hold space for that. And I think that that is a big part, you know, it's, it's, it, we, we're not familiar with, so unfamiliar with, with, you know, negative emotion and dealing with them that we become scared to share because we don't want to inflict it on the person. Mm. We're not sure how they'll be able to deal with it. Mm. And so we just think, oh, it's easy just to go and find, mm. you know, I don't, and you don't want to be Debbie Downer, you know, mm. um, and if we can just shift all of that, fundamentally for me, it starts with actually, it's, you know, this message, it's okay to, to not be okay. Mm. So that when we do so we're not okay, we're not saying the world's about to end. We're just saying today's not such a good day and I'm being real with you. And I'm sure you don't have perfect days every day either. Mm. And that's okay. Mm. But um, I'm, not, I'm not about to break down in tears on you. I'm not about to do. I'm just 
this is where I, where, how I feel. I always, in my public speaking, I, I always start each, each talk with, a, I have, how are you, three times on my slides, three ways. I say this, there's three ways this question can be answered. And the first is, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. You know, and it's just this entry into a conversation. The second way, how are you really sharing your truth? You know, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm on this stage and everyone's looking at me and I'm pretty nervous. I don't know how this is going to go, you know? And then the third way, um, for me, was, how, how are you? And, you know, for 30 years, I didn't know how I felt. I didn't, I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know really what emotions were. I numbed them out. So I kind of, it really was a case of just being, yeah, I'm fine. You know, mm. I didn't, I didn't, there wasn't anything else really. Mm. So, um, uh, yeah, and, and I wish we could just live in a, in a, in a space. And, and this is why I feel very fortunate because I do live in this space a lot where I can ask someone, how are you? And they can tell me and they can ask me back and I can tell them and we can be familiar with each other and sit in this space of actually knowing we're under the surface. We're getting to know each other. And um, that for me, and now we're getting into the, to what connection is about. And um, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think, I guess also there's a, there's a question of the, the pace of society. And when someone says, how are you? They only want a one word answer because they simply haven't, haven't got time. Um, it's to, you know, to, to be there if the person's falling apart or whatever. So you actually need them to just say good. So you can say, I've done my job and we can all move on. But so for me, I've kind of, I've, I've found this interesting way of, of bypassing all that by just throwing out a number on a scale of 10. So <laughs> it, it actually is a nice entry into a, into a conversation if you want to, but you can also have a laugh and move on or whatever. It's like, so how are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, you know, 6.5. <laughs> perfect <laughs> nice i like that yeah it's kind of because it's very very truthful but it doesn't require the other person to have to do anything yeah and i, and I get it you know if, you, if you're getting on a bus and the, the bus driver says how are you doing he's not ready to hear your life story yeah. you know and, and um same at, perhaps if you're walking in the office and you know how are you doing how are you doing hey you know you wouldn't get much done in your day if you know, so, so of course there is, you know, but I like, I like what you're saying there. We just chuck a quick number. We can make that scalable across the world that everyone knew that we could just say that number. And then if we've got time and we're ready and it's important that we listen, then if they say a two or a three and we can go, oh, you know, tell me about it. I'd love to, what's going yeah, on? Well, you? If, you know, if somebody comes back at me and says, you know, four, I'm like, you know, if I'm talking to a man, it's like, brother, is there anything I can do to, to at least get that to a five? Yeah. Hey. Oh, that's nice. You know? I like that. Yeah. I really like it. So it's very good. Um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of you know. So because I really hear what you're saying. Um, I think you know this is this is why I wanted to connect with you because I I knew that kind of this is where you were headed. Actually, you know, I like the fact that you're so open, so vulnerable, and all your stuff. It's like and and what you were saying about people wanting to fix you all the time because you're writing. The the, the thing that came straight away to my head was. You know, I write a bit of poetry, but a lot of my poetry is very, very dark because I use it as a tool when I'm feeling down. And so, therefore, if you read a collection of, of um, my poetry, you'd think, oh, man, like, Ash is the most suppressed, like, you know, virtually suicidal human being I've ever met. And it's like, no, it's a tool, you know. I write from that place. Like, if I'm not writing, it's generally poetry. It's generally because, you know, I don't need to. I'm yeah. doing, I'm, you know, everything's, everything's fine. You know, if I... I could write from a place of beauty and joy as well, but I tend to write when I'm in a dark place. That's just the way I am. I tend to, yeah, I, I totally, I totally hear you. And I, and I find, I mean, talk about the fickle world of social media, but I find people tend to engage with my messages when they are, you know, tend to, people don't, in my audience anyway, people don't tend to want to know that everything's great and I'm doing fine and today's a really wonderful day. People are much more engaged and not, not to say that this is the reason for me to share it, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what, what, where I'm going with this, but often actually when I just share my truth, I say, this is, you know, I'm not feeling quite so creative. I'm feeling pretty stuck right now. And, you know, whether it, whether it's because of the world we live in in terms of social media, everyone presenting this very positive story all the time, that it's refreshing for them to read some honesty and, and, and because they feel it too. And actually, finally, they feel connected rather than these people seem to be having a wonderful life in, in the downtime with all this stuff they're doing. Um, whereas actually now, oh, thank God, someone's feeling the same. Uh, I don't feel so alone now. I don't know, but you're right. I, I, I struggle to be quite so expressive or, sort of 
it's, I don't know if it's possible to be vulnerably open and let your heart be seen to quite the same degree if, you know, saying everything's great. Do you know what I mean? I think perhaps, perhaps society's tarnished it because we always present that and we don't necessarily associate it with the truth. Yeah, and, 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 and there's something in it about, about what you were saying around social media as well. There's, um, you know, a lot of inauthentic stuff going on when people are presenting the impression that they want to make in other people about themselves, which is they're having this wonderful, joyful life. And maybe so they can convince themselves that it's true. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, for me, you know, the authenticity is going to come around what, what you're really feeling. And sometimes that can be blissful and joyful. I'm just saying for me, it's generally not the time when I feel like putting pen to paper, maybe because I'm out there smelling the roses and doing the stuff and, you know, and, and enjoying my life, you know. Um, so maybe if I'm silent on social for a few days, that's why. <laughs> It's <laughs> been a great time. And that's beautiful, isn't it? No, you, you have got me thinking, though. I, I'm, I'm going to try and lean into more of the emotion when, I'm, when I am in a good space and try and still vulnerably share that, if you like. You know, mm. with, with, and I guess perhaps the vulnerability comes from that. In, it comes from a place because, particularly in this country, in England, you know, we, don't, we, we like to batter people down. We don't like to, to celebrate the successes. You know, as soon as people are having success, the, 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 the media are all over them to try and, you know, show them, show them negatively. Yeah. And um, we kind of, that's that kind of is throughout our culture. And so the vulnerability is almost being able to, for me, would be almost to be, to be comfortable in celebrating the fact that I'm actually, I'm doing pretty well here and I'm pretty proud of everything I've got going on. And, you know, that, that, that's um, particularly in England. I think that's, that's, that's a vulnerable act almost. Well, so I, but I will try. I'm going to try. Yeah, I, it's funny what you say, particularly in England. But yeah, I, I, I can imagine an English person responding to that by saying, you know, fucking Ben, he's always so fucking happy all the time. <laughs> 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 you know? but, Probably, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's, 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 it is an interesting thing. I mean, for me, you know, um, I, I do love my poetry. And, and you know, I, what immediately came to mind was, was you know, who do I know who speaks beautifully about the, the bliss and the joy? And it's, it's, it's poetry like Rumi's, isn't it? That beautiful sort of ecstatic heart, love, poetry stuff. And he just says it so beautifully. But, you know, he can also talk from a dark place as well. So Have you, have you always had poetry within you? Or is it something that as you've gone on your journey, please for better words, have you, um, is it, has it come to you during that process? Well, my... Um, my um, my corporate life was, I, I was a, a communications guy. So, um, like I'm very, um, I love the written word. And so the expression of poetry is kind of the, 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 the ultimate of, you know, yes. words on paper and, and just every word being so precise. And, um, it, it really is a passion of mine, um, to read it, you know, um, and to, and to write it when, when, when I feel called, you know? So, so yeah, it's definitely Beautiful bordering on an obsession. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. I only asked because, I mean, I, I would never have seen myself as ever having any poetry inside of me or even something that I was bothered by. And as I've gone on this journey, I've found that it's something that I've, that's just kind of poured out of me. I've wanted to put, to express how I feel into this sort of poetic kind of sense. It, it made it, 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 it was more creative for me. It was a, it was a nice way to express it. Um, it got more off my chest. So it's something that definitely has evolved for me as I've gone on this. And it's been a really nice kind of one of the nice things that's come out of me from this. It's beautiful to hear that because I think, you know, we're, we're, a lot of the time we're just teaching guys to kind of get out of their head and, and you know, get into their heart. And um, I feel like poetry is a really great way to do that. And it also helps guys to take the mask off because a lot of guys' initial reaction to poetry is like, well, I'm not reading poetry. That's just, you know... It's just yeah, it's not manly, but um, yeah. you know, once they do, it, 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 and they start to see some stuff in there, which maybe even even helps them with their own lives. It's it's a beautiful thing. So yeah. for me, it's a lovely yeah. it's a lovely tool. Um, I like it actually a little bit. So I was always one of those people in cards, you know, dear mum, happy birthday, love Ben, and that was it, you know. And, and if someone said no, write a message, I'd be like, I'd sit there with a pen, but I don't know what to write. What am I meant to write? And I you know just nothing will come out whereas now you literally get the card dear mum and the words just flow i don't know what it, what, what i'm going to say or where i'm going to, it just comes from from my heart and uh you know i wrap it up and send it off and, and it's that message that 
you know, I want to, to give to her. And um, that's another sign for me of, of, the, of the, where my communication comes from. Because I, if I'm communicating from my head, I'm trying to work out what I should say and how I should say it and everything. And it's a bit of a struggle and I can't do it. Whereas you tune into that heart, it, it, it flows. It just, and you, and you're, it's alive and you can feel it. It just flows out and it, it just comes. And, you know, whether it's in a card or in poetry or you know, in blogging or whatever it is, but it, it's, it's been a big sign for me of the, the, the journey I've been on. And, and, um, yeah, I, I, I love expressing myself now. I love sharing all of that stuff. I love writing a card to my mum, and, you know, that being the most important thing that I give her, you know, letting her know what, what's, what's inside of my heart. Well, I can tell you, you know, after they've gone, um, those are the things that are left. And, um, um, a very poignant moment in my life came to my mind when you when you were speaking just then, and that is um, when my younger sister died back in two thousand and seven. Speaking um, at her funeral, the words that came out of my mouth, I realised afterwards, I just wanted the people um, who were gathered there to see how eloquent that I was, which is a very head thing. It wasn't. It was nothing to do with the. I mean, of course. There was grief and love for my sister, but predominantly it was about wanting to make a good impression um, in the people that were there where they walked away and said, oh, man, Asha can really speak well. That was my goal. And that, that's a big revelation and that's, you know, I've got to own that. Um, and, and that's a big thing to own. And what I realised was three years later when I was speaking at my mother's funeral, it was totally different. I really didn't give a shit what anybody in the gathering thought, you know, the tears were flowing and I was just speaking about my mum from my heart. And I realised how much I'd changed in those three years. From, from Beautiful. Yeah. And so, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm, I'm saying every word you're saying. And you know, you know within you what felt more right. You know what, you know what, what, what aligned most with you when you shared from those two different places. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can read. I can read both those pieces of writing right now, and you know, you can you can feel the difference. Like one's very polished and professional, and you know, probably sounds good, but it wasn't heartfelt. And, and I, I think that's a really important part, actually, of, of all of this is that when you do, as a, as a as a man or a woman, when you do learn to share from your heart, people do begin to feel you. You, you know, when you do communicate from your head, and you say kind of the right stuff or the, the things that just you know makes sense or you should say people don't feel you it's, it's a very different way of, of communicating um like you just saying that that's you know i've learned that connection is is the most powerful drug out there for me and it only comes from when i share from my heart and so a big driver in everything that i do is that i crave connection i love connection perhaps because i went without it for so long and i blocked it out but now it's I'm so ready to open my heart and share from that place because I know it brings me connection and I love that. That's my, that's my goal, if you like. Um, but I, I just know when I go, if I, if I go into my head or when I go into my head, I'm not, I'm, people won't feel me the same. Um, so I totally, you know, hear what you're saying, but I, you know, not to, you don't need fixing, of course, at all, but of course, you know, in 2007, you, you did what, what you knew best and you didn't know any, any other and we can't blame ourselves, can we? It's, it's no, part no, of the journey. That, yeah, that was, that was where I was and, and that's, and that's fine. You know, it couldn't have been any different. Um, no. in fact, if it hadn't happened, you know, I, I wouldn't have learned some really valuable lessons. So it had to happen, you know, um, mm -hmm. As, as all things as all things do but I'm, I'm interested in you know obviously when you public speak a lot if you're a guy that comes from the heart um it also means that you don't have to prepare as much <laughs> it's so true it's so true but it's scary it's really scary in that because it's it's this, this this conundrum that keeps going round and round in that i'm like i know i'm at my best when i just show up and and just just share yeah and then i'm like yeah but when you've got all your notes and everything laid back you know you can't go too wrong you know but that's obviously very much from your head so it's this and each time i do it i get more and more comfortable with it um but it's it's there i think for me there is a happy medium in that mm. i i have my prompts but they're nothing more than prompts so that if i do get stuck i've got something to prompt me to to, to take me to the next place but the, the you know everything comes from my heart mm. and um 
yeah, you're totally right, though. And it's, it's kind of one of those funny things, isn't it? That you, you, you know, the, the better you are, the less you prepare, because we're taught in society. Mm. Um, or, or the less you prepare, the better you are, I should say. Mm. You know, we're just taught in society. Our, our ego wants everything to be so controlled and make sure you've got everything sorted, tip, every know-how, practice it, rehearse it, do everything. That's actually one of the things that I, 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 um, uh, I always think about TED Talks, you know, and that I think I've told on TED Talks you have to have rehearsed your whole speech, you know, word by word, and you have to show them you've memorized it. And I'm, not, I'm not sure it's always the case, but generally. And, uh, you know, but that's almost the opposite of what I want to show up with my heart. And mm. uh, when I've got words that I know I need to deliver, I go into my head. Mm. It's why I don't like sort of presenting as much or hosting something because you've got a script. Mm. Whereas when you're just answering, you're just flowing. Mm. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a situation coming up where I'm presenting um, in a week or so to a big group of, of senior execs. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ticketed online event. And, and they're actually going to... Um, I'm going to, I've got to pre-record my entire one hour presentation just in case there's a technology hitch on the day. And, um, and I, was, I was going for a walk today thinking about what I was going to say and, and feeling exactly into this conversation but within me um, about how much I needed to prepare. And, and, but the one thing I said to the, the AV guys today, I was like, you do realise that what you record the week before is going to be nothing like what actually happens on the day because I'll be feeling differently. It's a different day and it's going to come out completely differently. So, um, Does that scare them? No, no, but it was just interesting because I had to go through the process of what we're talking about within myself and realising that I, I can't make it the same because then it won't be authentic. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, <laughs> they want you at your best, you've, you, they've got to let you sh just show up and show yeah. in that space. Yeah. But what, what I am finding, and I don't know whether you're doing a lot of this at the moment, but presenting via online technologies when you're sitting at home, it's so hard um, because you can't read the audience and you don't know what's landing. And I'm really good at sort of pivoting when I need to. And like, I'll change 180 degrees if I feel what I'm saying is not landing. But when there's yeah. no feedback, you know, I, and, 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 and it's when, you know, the, the mind is, is definitely negatively biased because I'll come off some of these um, conversations and I'll be like, oh man, I, I, I'm not sure that, that, that worked. And then the person will ring me up, oh, that was great. And everyone loved it. And I'll be like, really? Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't getting that. <laughs> I feel exactly the same. Absolutely yeah. the same. You, it's so, there's no rapport. You, you, mm -hmm. You're just hitting an empty space. You're getting, mm -hmm. no, you're getting nothing. You're just talking mm -hmm. to the screen and you mm -hmm. have no idea how it's landing. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, I find it very challenging if I'm honest. And it's, I'm not really putting my, my, my uh, name in the hat to do too much of it mm. and as a result um, I felt that the time is better served for me right now in trying to push on with writing a book because that you know that is perfectly suited for right now yeah I, but, I think um, you're right but um, on, on the flip side I'm also feeling like if I can become comfortable with that and if I can actually navigate my way through that it's going to improve me dramatically so very true. In, in a way, kind of stepping into that discomfort is, is, is only going to be um, beneficial in the long run. Totally. If you, can, if you can do it without feedback, then you know, how good would you be when you're actually standing there and you can, you can, can bounce off everyone even more. It gives you another thing to play with and you're already great at it. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Totally also this idea of like learning to trust myself. That, that, yeah. that you know, Even if I can't feel that feedback, like knowing within myself that if that truth is coming out of my heart, it's going to resonate and I don't actually, you know, whilst it's better to have that feedback, even if I don't for some reason, you know, trusting in yourself that it's, you're still able to connect with people. Mm, totally. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not oh, no. easy. I, I feel, I feel the same when I do an, you know, an Instagram live, you're talking to a screen. You, I, 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 who, who am I talking to? I don't know, but at least you can get comments and stuff on there. But I, I totally, I totally hear you and I, I thrive off that. I actually try and when I'm in front of an audience, I really try and stand there and be very present to the whole room and really take it in and feel the whole thing. So it's a real big pause at the beginning to take everything in and feel that energy and feel the eyeballs and feel alive off that space was sitting in front of a screen. I mean, obviously this works great and I can see you and, and we can, mm. I can feel that. But when you've got 50 people hidden in the zoom catalog that you can't and you delivering this and it's, it's hard. It's very hard. And I th again, I think the importance of this is, you know, we're talking about human human connection here, and um, 
there are many facets to it, but being able to feel someone, feel their energy, feel their presence, feel how they're delivering something in person mm. is, is, is a very important and powerful thing. And I know that in this country, certainly, and I'm sure it's probably the same in Australia, but loneliness was a, was, was a big mental health problem before this arrived. So like you're saying, I, I don't know how it's, it's going to feel because I know FaceTime and everything is great and, and um, we can do all that stuff. We can connect over Zoom and stuff. But if people were lonely before, I, 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 I worried about what comes out of all this mm. at the end. Mm. You know, how, how are people feeling after that? I don't know. But mm. um, uh, yeah, there's nothing like human, human connection in, in person, that's for sure. Well, you know, obviously there's the element of touch as well, which is, which is huge. Um, but it's interesting, like one-to-one -one right now, speaking to you over Zoom, I can, I can feel an energetic connection. It's, it's, very, clear, it's very clear, but when, yeah. when it scales up, it's, it's, it's harder to feel. Um, Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. So, man, I, I wanted to ask you about um, your, uh, I guess, um, the physical nature of your work too. I mean, obviously, you, um, you know, clearly look after yourself physically there's no doubt about that is that do you are, do you take are you like a personal trainer as well as um as part of the deal for you you see that as all integrated um i am a person i did qualify as a personal trainer i don't practice it but i no. guess it, it was a big part of my journey but interestingly you know my my sort of self-development physically if you like began at 18 but it all came from seeking validation yeah. You know, I, I thought as, as a man, I, you know, I, I'd be much better off if I was kind of represented a strong muscular and, and I thought that would get me respect and, and I'd, you know, be feel more validated uh, when I walked into a room, people would look and go, God, who's that guy? That's what I, that's what I was seeking deep down, um, which isn't healthy at all. But it's come now to the point where, you know, I've, I've learned that. I feel most proud of myself when I look after myself and I treat myself, I treat my body with respect and, and kindness. And for me, that is exercising, you know, not, it doesn't have to be every day, but if I can, I try and exercise every day and I try and eat, put healthy foods inside of me. Um, when I don't do that, um, I just don't feel as proud of myself. I don't feel like I'm showing, showing up. I, I believe that, you know, heart, soul, it craves that we try and live to our full potential and, and when I'm not showing up for myself in that area, if I'm eating bad foods too much, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. Sometimes I have bad foods, but it is a balance for me. If I'm, if I'm doing it too much, then I start to just feel kind of just a lack of alignment. I don't feel like I'm being true. and I'm not treating myself with kindness. You know, this for me is self-care. This is where self-care comes from. Mm. So it's just a, a healthy habit really for me now to look after myself and try and treat myself with love. Um, it's different for everyone you know for me that's a, that's a deep value but i'm not saying that it has to be that way for everybody but it's about being true and honest with yourself and and trying to align yourself yeah i think you know if i'm honest with myself that's probably an area that i've fallen down on at times over the years like like treating my body well and 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 i think it's part of um you know the worry within this movement that we're trying to create certainly if there's a definitely a physical aspect to it if you're trying to create that sort of you know inner warrior i think we kind of look at it through probably four four aspects and the physical the mental the emotional and the spiritual however you want to call that just a connection to something bigger than you source yes. um yeah. and so you know for me i guess that's where the question sprung from around because that physical side of, of the warrior is is super important um we offer the guys you know movement physical classes as part of what we do Nice. Yeah. And I, th I think there, you know, there's no doubt there's a huge amount of benefit to exercise in many different areas, you know, yeah. um, mentally and physically when you exercise, it can, it can really give you a lot of boost, you know, better for your sleep. There's so many different things. Yeah. Um, and I find when I exercise, I do tend to eat better as well because I can kind of feel like I don't want to waste the work I've just put in by, you know, just going having a quick cheap thrill with some tasty but ultimately unhealthy foods mm. i want to serve myself so there are so many and it's, for me it's a, a lot of life is is about momentum and creating positive cycles and um i i spoke about it recently that, that on the contrary it's very easy to have a negative cycle you know for me when i stop exercising or in this time at the moment with hay fever i haven't been going outside i've had no fresh air mm. uh, i haven't slept as well when i haven't slept as well i haven't feel like i'm exercising as well uh, at all at times and then i feel lethargic and tired i'm not getting that spring in my step and with that i'm going to bed but i'm not 
exhausted, tired. I'm just sort of lethargic and not sleeping so well again. And just knock on effect and then, you know, repeat, repeat, repeat. Whereas trying to just keep, keep a positive momentum in your life, exercise can really help you serve that. You do that, you feel good about yourself. You feel proud. You put healthy food in you. You sleep better that night. You wake up with the spring of your step. You feel, you look in your mirror and you feel like, oh, serving myself well and I'm on a positive track and you then you feel more productive as you take it to your work and you know there's a lot of cycles that can happen within your life either way mm. and um the, the, the exercise is a great momentum builder for me it just helps me oh. trade forward yeah there's, there's, there's no doubt about it there's, there's no doubt about it but but I was interested in what you were saying before around you know using it as a as, as, as a negative I guess and to me it all comes down to intention doesn't it and I think in any any of those those four aspects that I just mentioned can be used in a, in a negative way. I mean, I'm I'm a meditation teacher, and you can absolutely use meditation as a way of bypassing. You know, it's like I, I often say to people, like when you're driving to that meditation class, or whatever you're doing, like I ask, you know, what, what are the thoughts that are going through your head? It's like, oh, now I can spend an hour actually floating above my problems. Um, you know what I mean? And it's in yeah. a bypassing kind of way. And I'm like, well, that's if that's what you're doing with your meditation practice, then honestly, you may as well go down the pub. Um, like you need to be, meditation is about just being okay with whatever comes up, not, not, not deliberately using it as a way to create separation between you and the things that you don't want to feel. So mm. in a similar way, you could look at all those aspects and it all comes down to intention, doesn't it? It does, and and it's and now we're getting into to like you know, complicated areas because there are a lot of gray you know gray areas because you've got to observe you know you want to observe your your emotions and you want to feel them but what, so someone could easily say well how's that different from yeah I, I know I'm angry but whatever I'm going to the pub and I'm just going to drown myself how so I've just observed them and what do you know what I mean they were very far and I, and I and I get with people it's very difficult when we're talking about this stuff that you know if you're new to this there are very small gray areas in some in some spaces and um i think it's partly why this this journey never ends you know you're you, there are you, we can easily sort of start to trend you know you might think oh, i've just meditated that's great but the reality is you just run away from your problems instead yeah. and you know we're always learning and we're no, none of us are ever getting this right perfectly all the time mm. but if we can just I'm, the way i see it is you know life is a game and, and the more we can arm ourselves with the rules and understand them fully and how it all works the better opportunity we've got of, of doing it right. And yeah, um, I agree. I agree. It's I, complicated. I it is complicated. To me, it's just, it just comes down to paying attention, just paying close attention, just really, really observing rather than just, you know, um, going through the motions. Like it's like, oh, I, I just taking a step back, almost like being that bigger eye, you know, and, and just paying attention to what's going on all the time. Um, Absolutely. Not drowning ourselves yeah, in. Yeah. Little adjustments here and there. And I think it's, you're right. It's just, um, it's never ending. It's never ending, but it's, I, I do, I do see it as a game. Um, it's a game to be played mm. and um, trying to, I don't mean that disrespectfully and I don't mean it in terms of trying to trick people you know, in, in playing that, but it's, it's learning what works for you, learning how you really operate, learning what really serves you at a deep level, not what mm. serves you through instant gratification. It just is a quick win. Mm. You know, learning about yourself, what's, what's, what really matters to you? And are you behaving in a way that will actually get you to that place or helping you get to that place? Mm. Or are you just doing things and covering up, covering up your deeper emotions through, you know, the things that look pretty and, and make you look good? Mm. It's, it's, it's all, that's all a game for me. You know? Well, no, and I like the way you say that because at the end of the day, that's um, that playful nature is is really what separates us from 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 other species, you know. And, and I like the way you use the word play there. It's not play as in like playing someone or being deceitful or whatever. It's it's play in the sense that Albert Einstein said play is the highest form of research. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Mm. It's something to be honest. It's a big area I'm still working on play. Yeah, right. You know, it's, 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 um, it, there's still gaps for me for sure. You know, I, 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 um, I want to play more. I want to be mm. silly more. Yeah. But there's, there's, a, there's a danger that this stuff can become very serious mm. very easily, you know, and very deep and very heavy. Mm. And um, play is, is just as important as the heavy, deep stuff. Mm. Um, you know, laughing, smiling, but not disrespectfully. But being able to, at the end of the day, enjoy this whole thing, not, not get bogged down in the seriousness of needing to be better. Yeah, well, I, I, I like to say play is serious business. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah, totally. I hear you. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, how, do you, how do you play? 
oh, you know, man, I've got a five-year-old son. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I just kind of, you know, you know, you get down on the floor and you go down to his level and you just, you let him lead. And yeah. um, you find yourself in very creative, imaginative, playful scenarios that, you know, as a 51-year-old man, I couldn't even begin to dream up. So I just let him lead the play, you know. Totally. That's amazing. What a beautiful way to, to be able to be, um, to be led. Yeah. Because they do show us the way, right? Especially at that age five. It's, you know, they're old enough to kind of to be exploratory and curious, but still oh, yeah. totally playful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I like to say my five-year-old and my ex-wife are my two biggest gurus. <laughs> <For different Yes>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, great. It's a great way to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we should probably leave it there before we can talk all night. But just um, where, where do people find you? If people want to kind of get involved in, in what you're up to, what's the best way to, to connect with you? Generally, it's, it's all through Instagram for me. Um, I haven't yet mastered the the players so because i'm actually play on play on tiktok mm. um I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet but it's, it's so everything goes through instagram it's the naked professor on instagram yep. um but yeah everything pretty much goes through there and so you like your latest blogs and stuff even if they're following you on instagram we'll find out about that stuff generally yeah i mean for a while i was doing longer ones on my website but i've got to say i try and do as much as i can just through the one channel because yep. that's too much right now yeah yeah i understand well, listen, man, it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure and I hope our paths continue to cross. Likewise, yeah, thank you.